Hey there, um, I, is this Krim uh, Smeltzer I have? Uh, very close, it's uh, Kim Speltzer. Kim Speltzer, is that correct? Uh, did you get the P in there? Speltzer, yes, yes, of course. No, Kimp. Oh, Kimp, K-I-M-P. Yep, yep, yep. Fantastic, so I wanted to talk to you about the birds. Great, I'd love to. Um, these things, I haven't seen them everywhere. I, I actually love the concept, um... To me, I was a little worried it was going to be too similar to just, like, riding a bike. But I think the concept is stronger than that. I think it goes... Wait, what? Um, well, what do you mean? Like, uh, here, if, if I'm not being clear, let me be clear. Um, birds are the future, and I do believe that. And the format of just riding a bird around town is just incredible. I'm you not, know, like... I'm not sure if we're talking about the same thing. Are you referring to the the... App the with the scooter. scooters? Oh. Yeah, 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 the bird scooter. No, no, I'm talking about the birds, the uh, Alfred Hitchcock the birds, movie. So we are talking about the same thing. Oh, the Alfred... Hitchcock movie. Sorry, Alfred who? It's a horror film, like an old classic horror film, The Birds. That's, it. That's crazy, because the scooters just came out, I think, like, just within the last year, and it's already exploding. And it's, I mean, it's you very know, popular. Maybe Kim, uh, Kimp, um... Uh, Kimp. Let's just maybe let's just do this another time. I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, we could do it another time. But while I have you, yeah. um, can, sorry. Can I just ask you a few questions? Oh yeah, no, always, always. You know, I'm an open book. When all the scooters are just lined up, like like there's just ten of them, and everyone's riding, and everyone's smiling and laughing, and it's like this should be on a on a fucking catalog. Forget it. I really appreciate you uh, you talking to us and giving us your insight on the birds. Well, I have to be honest, I found this conversation extremely frustrating. You know, what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you take me out to lunch. And um, Wow, where do you want to go for lunch? I was thinking Wolfgang Puck. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I'll meet you at Wolfgang Puck half an hour. Great, I'll be there in 20, I'll have to be early. Okay, I'll meet you there in 10. Okay, that's, I'm going to have, I'm going to have to run, but I'll be there in 5. Okay, I'm going to take a bird scooter. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh, forget it. Uh, I love birds. birds. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. All right, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I'm your host, as usual, Ethan Edinburgh, and I'm here to talk about the classic Hitchcock film The Birds from 1963 uh, and with me are our two amazing gentlemen we've been uh, briefly chatting here in the podcast studio first from the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles he is the Ornithology Collections Manager Kimball Garrett that's me and it's Ornithology Ornithology is the study of Ornithol Simpson I guess it's, it's <laughs> Ornithology <laughs> so wait which one how do I say it properly Orn. It's or, not or, or, ornithology. Ornithology. There you oh, so go. So I just wrote it wrong, basically, is what <laughs> happened here. Ornithology. And that's, that's the study right. of birds. That's right. Okay, great. Um, with us today is an absolutely fantastic stand-up, Chris Fairbanks. Hey, thanks. How's it going, Chris? I'm doing great. Yeah, I went to the wrong eye doctor because I confused. Uh, <laughs> there's two, and they're very similar words. There's optometrist and there's op- ophthalmologist with a TH. Do you know about this? Uh, yeah. One guy yeah. sells glasses, 
and that's who I went for some eyeball to the wrong guy. stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Well, luckily we didn't make it to the surgery. At least he didn't go to the orthodontist. <laughs> no, yeah. oh, there, <laughs> there you go. Maybe braces you guys, on my you eyes. You guys should maybe have different uh, names, right? Let's let's be more clear to the average because we don't know where we're going or what we're trying to do. You know, like if I was going to a bird expert, I wanted a birdathologist. That's really what it should be right. called, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. An eyeballtometrist. An (laughs) eyeballtometrist. Why isn't it called that? Yeah. Just make things simple. Bird nerd. Oh, bird nerd. (laughs) That'd be way simpler. This guy definitely knows what he's talking about when it comes to birds. Okay, so I thought that I had seen this film like a long time ago in school or something. But then upon watching it, it was kind of dawning on me that maybe I haven't seen it or I just completely forgot about it or something. And it was very uh, awakening. I had like a, like a whole awakening while watching this film. I thought it was very strange. The dialogue I thought was very strange. I didn't, I, I don't know. I felt like maybe I couldn't connect with any of the characters. They all felt like... Like, they're not good people, so who am I rooting for right. uh, type of thing? Do yep. you guys feel like that? Yeah. Well, my first thing was, like, for a movie called The Birds, this sure is based a lot on humans. Yeah. Uh, on, until an hour in, someone finally takes it in the head. From- it's true. Not a lot of birds for the bulk of, yeah, the first half, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and every now and then, there is, like, an ominous shot of a bird or, like, yeah. I mean, the first scene, there's, like... Very loud bird sounds. It's at a bird uh, pet right, shop. A pet yeah. Store, right? yeah, a pet store. But, man, it is mixed. Like, they want you to know that there's going to be a lot of bird shrieking. Yeah, the word annoying came up for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is obvious, right? It is. They, they did not pull any punches with the bird sounds. Yeah. But I know what you're saying with the language. Like, that guy called his mom sweetheart and dear. Mm-hmm. That, those two, that stood out to me the most. Well, the I'm going mo- to get stuff. into that because I do feel like that was... The, the meaning of the film was this guy's mom, you know, being like filled with a, a rage or, or fear that he, she's going to lose her son and she's going to be all by herself. That he's going to fly the coop or the nest or whatever. There exactly. was some symbolism there. Yes, I big time. Yeah. But what did you guys think of the movie in general? Did you enjoy the film? Oh, boy. I, um, I've always had kind of a grudge against the film because people cite it all the time as a uh, a reason why they're afraid of birds or that a bird related event will happen and sure. they'll inevitably say just like Hitchcock and the sure. birds. So I can't unfortunately as a bird nerd I can't divorce myself from the bird parts of the movie and it was really only maybe the second time around I paid much of any attention to the people in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the movie came out were you a bird person? Uh, no, not really, but I don't think I saw it till many years later. Anyway. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, me right. too. Okay, me too. but I, did you, I mean, relate with, because it is pretty scary for some of those scenes where there was birds attacking. You know, did you feel like, oh, I kind of see where people are coming from. It is scary, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a horror movie. It was meant right. to be a horror movie, and it's totally unrealistic, and birds don't do those things. But, <laughs> right. but if it works as a horror movie, that's the whole point, I guess. Yeah, well, but it is based on a real event, right? Like a few years earlier in 61, I think, I have it here somewhere that like something happened in Capitola, California. They uh, uh, they awoke to sooty shearwaters. Yeah. Okay, let, let me translate there. In, yeah, cap- in, in, in Capitola, California, which is right near Santa Cruz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, a large number of sooty shearwaters, which is a seabird normally out over the ocean, okay. kind of invaded this town. They just flew into the town, and I've heard speculation that there could have been some kind of poisoning as a result of demoic, of demoic acid, acid which, which is a continuing problem in our, our near shore environment now. It hmm. affects sea lions and seabirds. What and is this uh, poisoning? What is well, this it, it's essentially a, a, an algae or, or microscopic 
um, organism that, that okay. generates a poison that affects the, the behavior. It's like the, mad cow disease for uh, birds, maybe? Uh, a little bit. Mad cow for seabirds and sea lions. You'd but, call it angry birds? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is something that happened to the birds, and, and maybe they were attracted to the lights of the city at night. It's, it's hard to tell. Okay. You, you read also there was an event where thousands of sparrows came down a chimney uh, down in San Diego right before then. And right. Whoa, really? Filled up the house. Yeah. And, and first of all, they wouldn't have been sparrows. Yeah. They probably would have been swifts, which are migrating birds right. which roost in chimneys and Whoa. every once in a while instead of going back out the chimney they go down the bottom and get into the house and um, many times <laughs> oh yeah and that's happened many times recently and, yeah. and every time there's a newspaper article about it there's a reference to it's just like Hitchcock in, the in their in their defense it's always around Christmas time <laughs> <laughs> actually it's in spring and fall oh, oh is it? Oh, man. They, uh, birds need to get science calendars. ruins everything doesn't yeah. it <laughs> yeah that's right well what about um you know, there you always hear about birds when they single you out and recognize you, and and if you wrong them, they'll poop on your car. How much truth is there to that? <laughs> yeah, great question. Uh, you know, the most common way in which birds single people out, and you see there's YouTube videos right and left about this, is when you're walking near a bird's nest, and it's a particularly defensive kind of bird, like a mockingbird or a brewer's blackbird or even certain hawks and things, and, and they'll dive bomb something they perceive sure. as an intruder. And people take it personally, but it's just because they're walking past the nest. And, Whoa. you know, they'll peck you on the head, and yeah. this happens, and you can watch them million videos like this but it gets a little scary when it's a big hawk or something you know we get cooper's hawks nesting right. in our cities and if they're nesting near you they might do a little dive bomb here and there and, and I love that, that's, that's a little spooky like, yes that's a scientific term they, i think it is right i mean that's <laughs> he's saying it certainly what they do i one time i had a separated shoulder and i was uh waiting for it to repair it just take you they just put it in a sling and you have to wait for it to heal there mm-hmm. isn't a surgery for it and a, i was it was really weak, and I was weaning myself off the sling mm. and going on these walks where I'd just do these arm exercises, even though people could see me. <laughs> and a bird flew out of a, a tree, and this had never happened before, and he, and he swept, he hit my hair, and, it, and when I flinched, it wasn't the bird's fault, but I flinched and like tore ligaments. <laughs> oh, I, it no. went, I had shoulder? To, yeah, yeah, it was awful. Man. Yeah, it was amazing. So, yeah, like in a case like that, is you think it's because you were like signaling it somehow? Does that make sense? I or just a random occurrence? Or maybe, like you said, I was going by the nest. It and probably it had a nest nearby. Yeah. Birds get very defensive around a nest when there's eggs and especially young in the nest. Whoa. Yeah. But I I mean, was, how could you even tell, though, that there's a nest nearby? Right. Because the bird flies down and pecks you on the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's how you know. That's a good warning, I guess. Sure. <laughs> you shouldn't have walked there. <laughs> oh, man. So have you ever been attacked by a bird? Do you know somebody that has? Do people come into the museum and say, hey, what the hell's going on with this hawk dive bombing me? Yeah, no, we, um, right at the Natural History Museum this spring, there was a mockingbird nesting right near our outdoor ticket booth, and it would dive down on people and kind of spook well, them, if not peck them. And okay. uh, we made a little signage about it. We thought it was an educational uh, learning experience. Sure. Um, I've done some work in uh, seabird colonies where uh, it's not just one bird at a nest, but it may be a colony of 10 or 50 or 10,000 or, or whatever. Whoa. And and they'll do the same thing. So you, you got to be careful. Hard hat comes in handy. Yeah, right. <laughs> a hard hat, just in case there's birds nesting nearby with their to kids. To be safe, get a job with the city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Become a construction. Um, okay, so I wanted to, I thought this would be fun because 
many people listening might have not seen the film, right? Or maybe they saw it a long time ago like me and just don't remember. And right. so I thought maybe uh, one of you or both of you or all three of us could try and maybe sum up what's happening in the movie in sure. like the first, you know, because the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, to me at least, were very, uh, a, a little bit confusing. I wasn't sure if I was rooting for someone, like I said, or what the goal was here. Uh, so so I'll, I'll start you guys off and say that the movie starts with Melanie, and she's walking, you know, young, maybe 20s, early 30s woman that is dressed very nicely, and she's walking into a pet store to get two birds. Do you know what type of bird? I don't remember... I think she asked about minas because they said, oh, they they hadn't come in from India yet or I something. I heard it was, yeah, something with an M. Um, I don't remember what it was. but Right. But okay. then, then they, they, they get interested in the lovebirds. Right. right. So this guy comes in and she's automatically seduced by this guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's just, I've, I've, you know, I, I'm trying to do whatever she can to, like, get into conversation with him because he, like, first... We don't know this at first, but he, like, tricks her into thinking that he's just an average customer looking for birds yeah. and doesn't know who she is, when, in fact, he does know yeah, who he she is. He knows her from her famous right. pranks. <laughs> right. she, she apparently is a <laughs> right. YouTube star. With the, yeah, in 60 She broke a window. She did that fountain business. She right. jumped in a fountain. And he's a lawyer. She's a, regular, she's a regular Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she jumped into a fountain in Rome naked right. and right. somehow made the tabloid. <laughs> He's she he knows her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he comes up to her and says, I'm looking for lovebirds and maybe you can help me and they're having like a little bit of a flirtation and she pretends like she knows what she's doing with these birds and then like accidentally takes one out and then he catches it and puts it back in a cage. Yeah, and that right. of course was a canary. She didn't even know what a lovebird was at that point. Right, okay, right. So there you go. She's lying. She's a yeah, big liar, which is <laughs> obvious, you know, to everybody and should be obvious to him, but then I guess it is obvious to him because he knew the whole time. Right. 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 So then, uh, and this is where it gets a little bit fuzzy. I'm going to try and explain this. But I guess he tells her that it's for his sister, who's much, much younger than him, uh, Kathy, we learn her name is. And so, but but he leaves without the lovebirds for some reason. And then she realizes, like, oh, now I'm going to, like, re-prank him. He just pranked me a little bit. Yeah. And I'm, I guess, a famous prankster. So I'm going to re-prank him. I'm going to get these birds and bring them to Drive his house. over 60 miles. <laughs> right, north <laughs> yeah. to, uh, what's it called? Bodega, Bodega Bay. Bodega yeah. Bay. Which she tracked that down by getting his license number on his car. Yeah. And, not. and, and the, the idea was the lovebirds weren't going to be available till the next day. And so. Oh, okay. So, so okay. She, she finds all this out and drives off with the lovebirds, which you can see as she's making the curves on the road up there. The lovebirds are swaying back and forth. I love that, that shot. That was always my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> that was yeah, a great shot. Comic relief. Yeah. There, and there are funny moments. In yeah. The movie. yeah. It kind of it almost reminded me of Twin Peaks if you've ever seen that sure, sure. where it's like really the the polarity between calming, relaxing, kind of funny scenes and then all of a sudden all hell breaks yeah, loose, and right? Then, it's both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then missing eyeballs all of a sudden. Right, exactly, yeah. missing eyeballs <laughs> without music, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that was yeah. a huge thing in this movie, right? right? There's like no score. And it works, yeah. Yeah, it definitely works. Mm-hmm. It's definitely freaky and leaves you kind of like your mouth agape, I think. Um so anyways, she uh, gets his license plate, calls someone from the newspaper. Her dad works for, or like owns a newspaper. Mm-hmm. 
and then gets his information, realizes he's up there, drives up there, and then still doesn't know where he lives. She, and we at no point do we learn her motivation. She no. maybe she's not acting like she likes the guy, but it, this is beyond flirtation. It's like she's obsession. Yeah, this is stalking. Yeah, this is ra- rabbit boiling a rabbit uh, horse head in the bed type stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange, and she seems like. So chill about it, you yeah. know. She's not. There's no like mischievous like looks in her eye or yeah. like you know. She's just like, okay, well now I'm just gonna drive up and. That's how she gets away with her pranks. Yeah, I guess her kick-ass right. pranks. Nobody, <laughs> nobody <laughs> suspects her of anything. Uh, so I thought that was very weird. And then okay, so I have here. I printed out a scene because I knew it was going to be difficult to explain how odd the dialogue in this movie is of and course. how we're following yeah. things. Or you people have forgotten. I forgot. So so having said what we just said, that's the intro of the film. She gets to Bodega Bay and she pulls into, I don't know what to call it, like a little uh, odd and ends type shop, like a 7-Eleven yeah. Ish uh, on the on the docks yeah. there, where you get sundries and bric-a-brac. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And she has a conversation with this clerk, and so I printed it out. I was hoping Chris would play Melanie. Yes, I'm t- typecasting. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, it's quite all right. <laughs> I'll play the clerk, and this I think will give the audience here, our our listeners, just a little bit of an insight to how strange the the dialogue in this film is. Okay. 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 So here we go. We're uh, daytime. In this uh, odd and ends shop scene. And Kimball, if you could just yell action, otherwise I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anytime, just say action and we'll start. Action. Good morning. Morning. I wonder if you could help me. Try my best. I'm looking for a man named Mitchell Brenner. Yeah. Do you know him? Yeah. Where does he live? Right here, Bodega Bay. Yes, but where? Right across the bay there. Where? You see where I'm pointing? Yes. You see them two big trees across there? Yes. And the White House? Ah, oh, yes. The Brenner's, Mr. and Mrs., uh, I presume? Uh, Nope, just Lydia and the two kids. The two kids? Yep, Mitch and the little girl. I see. How do I get down there? (laughs) (laughs) Follow the road straight through the town till it curves off on the left. That'll take you right around the bay to their front door. The front door. Isn't there a back road I can take? Nope. That's the road. Straight through town, stay on your left, right around the bay to the front door. You see, I want to surprise them. Mmm. I didn't want to come straight down the road where they could see me. Mmm. It's a surprise, you see. Mmm. Of course, you could get yourself a boat, cut right across the bay with it, the Brenner's got a little dock there you could tie up at, if that's what you wanted to do. Where would I get a boat? <laughs> <laughs> Down at the dock by the Tides restaurant. Ever handled an outboard boat? Of course. Do you want me to order one for you? Thank you. <laughs> what name? Daniels. Okay. I wonder if you could tell me. Yep. The little girl's name. The little Brenner girl? Yes. Alice, I think. Harry, what's the little Brenner girl's name? You want to be Harry, too? What? (laughs) (laughs) The little Brenner girl. Lois. Mm, It's Alice, ain't it? No, it's Lois. It's Alice. Are you sure? Well, I ain't positive, if that's what you mean. I need her exact name, you see. (laughs) (laughs) That case, I'll tell you what to do. 
You go straight through town so you see a little hotel on your left there. Not the motel. That's the other end of town. This is the hotel. Now, you take a right turn there. You got that? Yes. Near the top of the hill, you'll see the school. And right behind it, the church. You head for the school. Now, just past the school, you'll see a little house with a red mailbox. That's where Annie Hayworth lives. She's a school teacher. You ask her about the little Brenner girl. Thank you. Yep. Could save yourself a lot of trouble. Her name's Alice, for sure. <laughs> well done. Oh, and well scene. done. And scene. So, very, very strange scene there. And by the way, her name's Kathy. That's the little right, girl's name. Right. So they're arguing about Alice and Lois the whole time. And her name ends up being Kathy. Yeah, I wonder if that was a mistake or if they just... I don't know. It's comic relief. It's probably comic People relief. People are going to look back and really think it's funny that neither of them know this girl's name. Yeah. Who is daughter-aged for... Right. I the, was the uh, younger sister. Initially, huh? yeah, confused by that because it seems like she's the daughter of what's that dude's name? Brenner Mitch. Mitch. Uh, but they're brother and sister. Yeah, yeah. That, that Cary Grant looking guy. Who is that? I'd, I'd never seen Rod him before. Turner? I think ah, I Rod that. Turner. I don't know. I think that's his name. <laughs> he probably died of natural causes <laughs> at 45. I, yeah, there was not, just... Not Steiger. <laughs> no, no, he's no Steiger. <laughs> it just was so weird that the daughter, it was a daughter-aged sister of his, and then yeah. there's this almost Oedipus romance, right. like... With him and the mom, yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah. she won't let him go. She's a jealous girlfriend almost. And yes. I'm like, did he have a daughter with his mother? Is this like a banjo playing it, type yeah. situation? It does make you think, right? I, I mean, know. it leads you there a little yeah. bit. My daughter. My sister. <laughs> my sister. My daughter. Oh, oh no. Um, okay. Then she gets in the boat and her hair doesn't budge an inch. She's going across. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, That's it's so great. funny. It's so funny that you even mentioned that because the boat scene, because she does take this boat that we just, uh, the aforementioned boat across the, right, the bay. Right. But the shots, there's shots of her on the boat and those are real shots. It's it's You can see the water. Yeah. You can see the docks. You can see a boat in the middle of the, the water, the lake, whatever it is. And then whenever there's a shot of her, on the boat, it's all green screen, and it's very mm-hmm. obvious. Mm-hmm. I guess, but I mean, in '63, was it hard to get a camera and a crew on another boat? And fi- or that's they- the thing, because you can tell they're on a boat with the camera, because they're in the middle of. I mean, it seems like it at yeah. least. So I guess yeah, they didn't have the money for two boats. <laughs> well, if you watch a James Bond movie, even back then, like an action film, they mm-hmm. it's all green screen. All green screen. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, unbelievable. They, to me. I they, guess they, probably you couldn't tell back then too, right? They yeah. just thought like, oh, this looks awesome. Not everyone was Tom Cruise doing their own stunts back then. That's right. You know, the greatest actor of our generation. Oh, yeah. Mission Impossible Fallout. Go check it out. Right. In theaters. In theaters now. <laughs> in theaters now. Um, okay. So I wanted to go back a second because when we were in the bird shop, they're talking about, he, he makes a comment about, like, don't you think it's rude to have them in cages? And she mm-hmm. says, like, well, we can't have them flying around. That'd be chaos, which is obviously, like, alluding to oh, sure. the chaos that's yeah. about to come. But I did, you know, because we had a... a marine biologist on before we were talking about finding Nemo and we were talking about like is it rude or cruel to have fish in fish tanks and so I wanted to ask you the same question do you think that it's rude that people have pet birds in small cages well it's obviously a very common and popular thing I mean sure if you keep a bird in a cage you're preventing it from doing what it would normally naturally do in the wild mm-hmm. um, most of the birds you saw in that pet shop scene are birds that are bred in captivity they've never known life outside of a cage nor have their parents and generations 
prior to that. Um, yeah. Not all of them. I mean, there were toucans. There were all sorts of things. And, right. Is it legal but, to have a toucan? Um, well, you know, legalities have, have changed a fair bit since then, uh, okay. which is a really interesting thing we can maybe talk about later is how do they get all these birds to film? Because they still right. had to go um, satisfy the conditions of permits from U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and things like that. But in terms of cage birds, we've cracked down quite a bit uh, since the, especially the early 1990s, early to mid-90s on importation of birds from the wild for pets and things like that. So it, it's kind of nowadays, I would say, if, if you're going to have a bird in a cage, you know, limit it to these handful of species that are captive bred and, and so on. Gotcha. Just, so you don't want to take a wild bird and put them in a cage? Well, I mean, you could, it, it doesn't seem right. And, and also the drain of the pet trade on wild populations is a real concern for many species, too. Gotcha, so. gotcha. I, I think I saw that it is, like, legal to have certain, like, crazy types of species of not only birds but of animals in California, but then in, like, every other state you can't have them. Do you know about that? Well, there are, yeah, I mean, things like, not that they're birds, but ferrets, for example, are popular cage or popular pet mammals in some areas, but they're banned in California. Oh, okay. Um, so sometimes it's the other way around. Okay. Uh, ironically, for if you look at a lot of commercials and things, to get around the laws that protect native birds in North America, the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, they actually get birds from other parts of the world hmm. to use in the commercials. Like instead of getting a, a native crow or something, they'll have some pied crow from Africa or something like that. Whoa. So it's funny how they try to get around some of these wildlife regulations. Got you. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, I've always loved the toucan, and I feel like it's kind of scary <laughs> as a bird just because that beak is so huge. Uh, but I don't. I didn't know if it was legal to have here or what the. Deal well, there it can be legal, but you've got to get the permits to import them and things like that. No, some okay. people keep uh, toucans and all sorts of other things because they guide you to your favorite cereal. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you take them to the grocery store, <laughs> yeah, you know where you're going. With that. Right to the sugar aisle, <laughs> and it, as they famously said, three toucans make a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I, I thought you were going to give us the bird jokes here, oh, but sorry. I guess uh, <laughs> Kimball's coming in hot. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, he mentions molting also in this yeah. scene, mm-hmm. and so if you could tell us what molting is, and if you can tell when birds are molting and what that means. Right. All right, so birds are covered in feathers. Feathers perform all sorts of functions for birds: um, thermoregulation, flight, signaling, color, camouflage, whatever. So mm-hmm. it's important to have a good set of feathers, okay. and they don't last forever. So birds will molt, meaning drop old feathers and grow in new ones. Usually once a year, all the feathers get replaced, and some birds, uh, there'll be some gener- some patches of feathers will re- be replaced more than once wow. a year. So it's, it's just a, a maintenance thing that happens on an annual basis. And when they're molting, birds can look kind of scraggly. Um, they need a lot of energy. They need to have a lot of resources to feed and so on so they can hmm. have the energy to molt in new feathers and things. It's and funny. In cage birds, you know, who knows when that happens? Probably not on a regular basis. Because they don't need to survive or change. They just maintain what they have because they live in a little cage. Well, they still molt, but it may not be on the natural calendar schedule. Right. That if oh, they're not okay. flying around right. and, yeah. right? I mean... Yeah. It's, it's a, I feel terrible saying that, but I guess. Yeah, so truth. that whole conversation they had in the pet shop about molting didn't didn't make much sense to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, I felt like he was just kind of uh it was just small talking her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's uh, the first time I'd heard it used outside the snake world. I thought he was mm. going to call her on it. Molting. You mean like a snake, you dumb bird? I thought he'd get <laughs> you dumb bird. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I thought that he was going to call her out on it, but that's what it's called, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And and that is a slang for women, right? That's yeah, a British sure, thing. Sure. Yeah, so 
to call women birds like that. Yeah, uh, which which a lot of people I think that led to a lot of people thinking that that was the analogy of the film was that the, like the bird attacks or like I guess just the birds in general like symbolized the women in the film. But I really I don't know. I, I while I was watching it, I really felt like it was the the mom that really was like controlling. It felt like every time that something happened with her where she was like losing grasp right of her of her son a bird would hit a wall or you know what i mean like an attack would start or or hit the house of his ex-girlfriend who lives down the road yes that, that was another weird yeah yeah if you look that scene is pretty so cool. much jealousy that's, that's one of the cool scene because you know if you're just watching it uh without any context it seems so random and ridiculous you know especially with all this dialogue it's like mayhem to me but but in that scene like that's a really cool moment because she's deciding whether or not she's going to go back there or if she's going to go to San Francisco and she says uh you know like I don't know what do you think should I go and she's the ex-girlfriend's like do you want to go and she's like yeah I do and she's like okay then go and then boom Bird hits the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. Cool. I'll come with you to the party. I know what kind of casserole he likes. You know, because <laughs> yeah. I he we used to we used to have sex. You see, <laughs> it's just it's so fascinating. Maybe I'll these birds these birds were just attracted to lies, deception, and dysfunction. Yeah, that's, that's, that's also possible. Yeah. Um, okay, sweet. So they also mentioned keeping species separate in that in that scene. Like every cage has you know just one species of bird. And that if, you know, I don't remember why, but he said you don't want to mix them because whatever. Right. So what's up with that? Yeah, is there any truth? Well, I mean, you don't want to put a prey species in with a predator and obvious things like that. Um, Yeah, hard to say in a a pet shop. You know, generally they segregate things out by species. It's probably just easier to sell them that way. (laughs) Yeah, easier Um, for shopping. No matter what you grab out of that cage, it's going to be what it says it's supposed to be inside the cage. Okay, but uh, birds, you know, can... And should, question mark, live together? Well, go out in the wild and there's no cages between this species of bird and that species. You can go anywhere around here in L.A. and see 20, 30, 50, 100 species all in one area. So in the wild, they don't have any barriers between them. Is there bird versions of like... Time, ligers and uh, like inner inner species uh, yeah fusion mating yeah well if they're related species that would be another reason to keep them separate yeah. unless you're deliberately trying to hybridize them which is something sometimes they do in the cage bird trade on you know the not quite the ligers and, yeah but mm-hmm. I just I want to see a colorful like parrot type bird just with one crow wing Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just well yeah, like the love the lovebirds that were focal in the in the first scenes of, mm-hmm. of the movie were, were often hybridized and kept Activity, so there'll be hybrids between the, the rosy face, which is the ones they showed, and fishers yeah. and other lovebirds. So. Right. Because you know lovebirds, they'll have sex with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were called whorebirds first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People change. thought that was harsh. That, yeah, that was and, harsh. It, and it is. It is. It is. It is you harsh. Shouldn't, it's not the right language. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, they, they, they have this another ridiculous scene, which unfortunately I didn't print out the script of, but they're all in a restaurant. You were talking about it a little bit before yeah, we started. Yeah. Where all of these, uh, there's like a bunch of characters that get introduced all at once. It's like this like old lady who is, uh, oh, I don't want to get this wrong. Ornithologist. Ornith- ornithologist. <laughs> and which is so funny that she comes into the movie and has all this bird knowledge. Yeah. And then there's like a guy who's like a drunk, but uh, like a religious figure. He talks about the Bible. And so. Yeah, he's got the Bible memorized. Yeah, yeah. He starts spouting off that this is like the apocalypse, basically. Um, he does and, that anytime you give him whiskey, though, probably. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, come on. That guy's George is just doing that all the time. Um, <laughs> they talk about the difference between blackbirds and crows in that scene. So could you tell us the difference between blackbirds and crows? Well, <laughs> crows are birds that are black. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Blackbirds, uh, true blackbirds, at least in North America, are in an entirely different family. So oh. um, the grackles, the the brewers, blackbirds, red winged blackbirds, things like that. Okay, they, there weren't too many of those in the the film. So the big blackbirds that were so prevalent um, and so nasty in yeah. the film were crows and ravens. In fact, most mm. of them in the close up scene were ravens. Um, and apparently, they, they they again had to get permits to trap these, and they they were issued very generous permits to trap huge numbers. Ravens aren't that common, right? They're, well, they're, they're, at, they're, at they're yeah, they're not in Bodega Bay. No, right? They, they're they're scarce there. Crows are probably not even that common right there. So yeah, in terms of bird distribution, everything was kind of re- unrealistic. Although the gulls were, by and large, the the proper species, but most of the gull scenes were filmed by just filming them at a garbage dump where there are huge <laughs> swarms of them, oh, and you could smart. put out food right where the poor, you know, person about to be pecked, the uh, right. gull, gullible yeah. person. I Once guess you're face say, down, they and, go after your neck. And, yeah. and they just film that and then superimpose that on the scene with the, with the people. So the oh, gulls, that's why they call it gull. The gulls were, right, western <laughs> gulls, California gulls, things that you would see in Bodega Bay. The, the huge flocks of crows and ravens, which which happened in some areas, especially crows, which can get into giant roosts. That wouldn't have happened to Bodega giant Bay. Giant what, by the way? What's the plural? Roosts, roosts, where they gather together to spend the night. Okay, sure, cool. sure. I, uh, I, when I lived in Texas, I became quickly familiar with the grackle you mentioned the mm-hmm. grackle which looks it looks like a crow right yeah they're more slender with a longer tail but, but again they, a very different family they are able to make uh they they made like 15 different sounds it yeah. sounds like an old car alarm i just uh-huh. i wanted to dissect one and just find a battery inside they don't <laughs> seem like real bird they chirp and then go oh, they make like the weirdest grinding. mechanical noises it was Whoa. when i first moved there uh i lived there for like five years that's where i started doing stand-up yeah. and then i thought there was crows i'm like i'll get used to this place and then you yeah. hear them and it's like oh it sounds like a coffee grinder and then it, then they chirp, and then they do this weird <laughs> whirring thing, and then eh, yeah. eh, eh. every was, every town square, every zocalo in Mexico has huge numbers of grackles that gather there, and that you hear that sound just everywhere. It's in it's amazing variety of noises. Yeah, why? I mean, I assume you know there's always a point to making these sounds, right? Like like a mockingbird mocks a different bird to some survival point, I presume. So why make this, I don't know, car sound? Yeah, well, a lot of birds that gather in huge flocks, social birds make a lot of noise. You know, certainly parrots do that, grackles, right. crows. And it's it's just flock cohesion. It's saying, hey, I'm here, I'm over here, we'll come over here. You know, hey, how mm-hmm. you doing? How was your day? That kind of thing. And they just make a lot of, and a lot the, of noise. why the, you know, like repetition, you know, like imitation of sounds like you know parrots that will uh talk to their owner and say i want a cracker <laughs> yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah well mimicry i mean you mentioned mockingbirds and there there's all sorts of sort of theories about mimicry and why birds do and it's just not just mockingbirds starlings goldfinches all sorts of birds okay do that and it it 
it seemed it makes your song repertoire more varied and more robust, mm. which apparently is sort of a status symbol. Um, oh, you know, hey, cool. I'm more experienced. I've heard more birds than you and incorporated those into my song. I've got a great territory. Come mate with me, that kind of oh, thing. Oh, so, wow. That so makes it, sense. It, it, yeah, it has to do with, with dominance and, and that sort of thing. Great. So has, there, has there ever been a bird like that, a parrot or a cockatoo or something that solved a crime by, <laughs> they're like, well, we don't. There's the murder weapon, and then the bird goes, Gerald, put down the knife, Brock! And then they're like, well, let's bring this bird into the courtroom. Am, yeah. I, am I talking? I, is this weird? Is this weird for me to talk about? I think I that want, that sounds accurate. I want to know if a bird ever solved a murder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the closest we got to that, they, Who would debate you, bring someone like you in there? He's like, the only reason he'd be saying that is if he heard it. <laughs> so Gerald stabbed his wife with a knife. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's been tried. I don't know. I'd have to go through the archives. Yeah. Know. Okay, well, listen. Let's take a break. You go through the archives. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll have a conclusive... Uh, we'll have some evidence on that. Yeah, don't count on it. And uh, <laughs> Don't count on it. Whoa! I'm trying to tease people here. Don't count on it. Um, and when we come back, I want to play a game uh, which will we'll have you guessing bird sounds. Since we're talking about bird sounds anyways. Sure, bird sure. chirps, I guess is the proper term, probably. And then, yeah, we'll keep... Uh, We'll keep discussing these birds. Today we're talking about the birds, and, you know, I love birds, and I love music. If you know me, you know I'm a man of the music. And so I wanted to give you my top three bird songs. Blackbird, of course, by the Beatles, uh, probably the best bird song, maybe any song. I'm Like a Bird, Nelly Furtado, of course, have to include. And just a shout-out to Andrew Bird, who in general has made... Great songs, beautiful, unbelievable tunes. Check out Andrew Bird, Nelly Furtado, and The Beatles, if you've never heard them. And since I'm giving out recommendations, I'd like to recommend disco, not the genre of music. <laughs> Silly goose. Disco, which is a bird, uh, a goose is a bird. Disco is an app for discovering self-guided adventures in Los Angeles based on your interests and location. Discover hidden gems, food tours, and more in the app. You have to search Discover Adventures on the App Store, okay? Discover Adventures, and then get Disco. Download it. Go on these awesome adventures. You can go on the Eastside Drinking Tour. You can do A Perfect Day in Los Feliz, the L.A. Food Truck Tour, which I've done and is delicious, by the way. I ate too much and then had to walk for a long time before I felt better, but that was my fault, not the fault of the tour. My eyes were too big for my stomach. But seriously, guys, the app is great. It looks great. It's very fun to use. And you can make your own adventures, too, which is super fun. So if you have a special thing you do with your friends, you can do it on the app. And other people can do it, and they can tell you how it went. It's disco. Go get it. That's not their slogan. I just said that. Although, it's not a bad slogan. So if you want to use that disco, go ahead. You can adapt. Go get that. But maybe go do that. Although, that's very close to just do it, which is Nike's slogan. But maybe that's a good thing because they were very successful. You could be the Nike of apps, disco. So take my advice and go get that. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. Okay, we're back. Still a lot to talk about. We're still going to talk about how humans are modifying birds because we were discussing that very briefly before the pod. And I really want to get into it because mm -hmm. I think that's fascinating. What was the word uh, Megan used? It's like a good word. It's like the, the Anthropocene. Anthropocene. That's right. So we'll get, we're going to get into the Anthropocene, which everybody's begging for. But <laughs> before we get into that, I want to play a game called what the squawk was that? What the squawk was that? 
where I'm going to play some bird sounds. Well, our intern, Sean, is going to play some bird sounds over the speakers here. And hopefully, uh, Kimball, you'll you'll be able to recognize what they are. Put me on the spot here. Yeah. There's much... 10,000 species of modern birds, and they all make lots of noises. So <laughs> all of, all of your education you know and training comes down to this moment. <laughs> yes, it's the final test. So Sean has them by file name. Uh, Chris, don't look. Nobody cheat. <laughs> I won't. I want you guys to guess. So let's hear the first bird sound. Okay. To me, generic bird. Yeah. Jeez. Well, it's not North American. Ooh. Doesn't sound like it. I love um, that he's already, <laughs> dip, you know, getting closer to what it is. No, I'm I'm not 100% sure whether if it's a local bird I can tell you for sure what most of them are but That's uh, true. I um, I read that you wrote the book on Southern California birds. Is that well, correct? It's like one the of standard them. one of them, yeah. Well, I heard yeah. that that book is like the, the reference book. book. <laughs> All yeah. right, thanks for the plug. Others hey, exist right. anytime. Go <laughs> check out that book. What's the book called? Uh, I think it's called The Birds of Southern California. You, you think? Like <laughs> <laughs> you wrote the book. Birds of Southern California is what it's called. Right. Got okay. a, lot of, a lot of pretty pictures. I got arthritis once from uh, a reactive arthritis from strep throat once, and I, I felt like I was getting a sore throat, and then all of a sudden my joints seized up for months. Whoa. So I went to a rheumatologist, and I described what it was, and he picked up a book with his name on it. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, oh, here it is, Strep, streptococcal reactive arthritis. Yeah, it exists. I'm like, isn't that your name on the book? <laughs> well, you, you know, after you write the book, you don't, you don't read them. Yeah, right. you, you can right. then forget the information. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's, it's like funny. taking a test. Like, yeah, well, now yeah. I'm done with that <laughs> crap. Oh, you're right. I did write this. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. I should know what that is, but I don't. It sounds like some European songbird or something. But. Okay. So Chris, you want do to we I mean, an answer? I, I It sounded to me like a robin. Okay. And what do we got? No, not a it's a black cap. It's a black cap. Okay, that so that's sense? one of the European uh, old world warblers. Okay, great. Oh, wow. So I'm going to give yeah. you that one. Sylvia atricapilla. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, the scientific name. Oh, wow. What's okay. the scientific name? You've redeemed yourself. <laughs> yeah, big time. I was giving him the point regardless. but Syl- Sylvia is the genus. There's several related species. In the of the genus. warblers? Atricapilla literally means black cap. Uh-huh. That's the scientific name of that bird. Because it has, like, black on its So you head. chose all these European birds, I'm not going to know. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, there it's all over the place. Yeah. Not just YouTube Okay, well, there's, there's, uh, birds. there's a lot more than European birds that I don't know. Okay, great. So let's find out uh, what the next one is. So far, one for one. Okay. Kind of sounds nightingale-y, but I'm not 100% sure. Sean? Spot on. Spot on. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. This is what I'm talking about. I know there are would... two species of nightingale, but I assume that's your common oh. European nightingale. Oh, I thought yeah. it was just music from Peter and the Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the... There's a common nightingale and a... Thrush nightingale. A thrush nightingale. Right. Whoa. Wow. Very cool. Okay, that was incredible. So at least these are real bird sounds as opposed to what you hear in the Hitchcock movie. (laughs) Yes. Right, right. And and speaking to that, by the way, Hitchcock wanted to use a synth for for the bird sounds. He used this synth that was made in 1929. It's this huge look. It looks like a a crazy... What's the like steampunk piano? Basically, it's this gigantic synth Uh with like metal parts and wires and stuff. And yeah, he didn't want to use bird sounds. He wanted to use this like it sounds like tape being rewound like manually. 
Yeah, and we all know a crow, and if you can correct me if this is a, sounds like this. <laughs> sounds like a crow to me. Yeah, I just peaked the levels there, right? That's a pretty good crow. <laughs> if you heard bad. that in his sound, would you be like, well, that's... Uh, that's Chris Fairbanks doing a, a crow. <laughs> that's Chris Fairbanks' crow. <laughs> that's right. a crow starring Brandon Lee. Um, so, wait, was that that's a, the crowish sound? That was passable, yeah. Passable crow. <laughs> Like usually, I have more phlegm in my throat. You gotta have yeah. some. If oh, okay. I drank some milk first, uh, Sean, get cur- Chris. Yeah, some milk, and then we'll do another <laughs> crow <laughs> imitation. <laughs> there we go. Now he's got. It. Yeah. Now. Okay. Two for two. No, That's... I didn't get the first one. No, you got the yeah, first no, one. Enough. Okay. I'm I'm judging here. <laughs> All right. Two for two. Let's keep rocking. So this is a good one because okay. whenever you see an eagle. In a TV commercial, that's what you hear. Yeah. Because eagles don't sound like that. They sound much too wimpy. So they always play that, which is a red-tailed hawk scream or a close relative if it's not a red-tailed hawk. Whoa. When they show an eagle because it sounds much more like what we think an eagle ought to sound like. Okay. Oh, so wow. red-tailed hawk. Is that correct? Well, no, you were wrong. And you what? said it was an eagle. I said it was an eagle? <laughs> what does that mean? It says eagle. Oh, well, that means the internet says it was an eagle. Oh, which, well, that, which, then it must be. Oh, uh, red-tailed hawk. <laughs> no, it's yeah. A, it's a red-tailed No, hawk. I think you're right. They probably, yeah, took it from some, I mean, this is the internet we're talking about here. Yeah, so they yeah. they don't know what the hell they're doing. But I think that just speaks to your point, that people think that's what an eagle sounds like. Exactly. Wow. Okay, so, it, but it's actually. That's a red-tailed hawk. What kind of sound, because we're not going to have an eagle now, would an eagle make? Oh, Wow! Really? High pitch cackling and whistling. It doesn't sound like an eagle should. Oh wow! I. <laughs> it depends on the kind of eagle too. But. Okay, first of all, just <laughs> because you made that sound, you get a hundred percent on this. Test. <laughs> that was unbelievably that was impressive. I love that early extra credit. So good, so adorable. <laughs> and now, yeah, I kind of have like a new thought on eagles. Right, like now to me, eagles seem like a lot cuter. <laughs> Than before, I thought they were like fierce predators. I mean, maybe they still well, are predators, but yeah, if you were a rabbit, you wouldn't think they were so cute. Okay, or our president. <laughs> Remember that eagle attacking Trump? That was great. Yeah, sometimes I just watch that when I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> All right, let's hear the fourth one. That's Speaking definitely of three tweets. three. <laughs> Speaking of good one. Oh, here we go. More bird jokes. I knew they were coming. Okay. Well, normally you'd hear that like. 50 or 100 meters up in the air, because that's a, unless I'm wrong, which I could be, that's a Skylark, and they give that song when they're in flight. Way Again, you got air. it? Damn! Wow. Yes. It's also, also the first Buick I owned. Yeah. Skylark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and how many yeah. Buicks have you owned since then? I had a Skyhawk. I had a Skylark. <laughs> uh, for a while, I don't know what kind of Buick, but we called that the Deer Slayer. The for, Deer Slayer. For personal reasons. Yeah, because that was also the name of your metal band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, There's actually a now. bird named after Buick. There's the Buick's Wren, which is oh, spelled wow. differently and named after a, an ornithologist named Buick. But Whoa. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay, cool. So, okay, that was a Skylark, which seems to have a lot to say. They were very... Yeah, they, they can sing for minutes on end up in the air. So it's they're in habitats that don't have a lot of trees. So if you want to broadcast your song and... Um, you know, proclaim your territory and all that. Um, There's not like a treetop to sit on. So they just uh, like various kinds of birds, including many larks. They give that song when they're up in the air. Wow. And they'll do it for minutes on end. Okay, great. Oh, that was real. They really don't take a breath. I thought that was looped. No, birds, actually the respiratory system of birds is kind of interesting because they have a one-way flow through the through the lung. The air goes into air sacs and then comes out the lung in a one-way flow. And so 
they can they can keep that voice sustained Whoa. pretty much. Wait, what do you mean one way wow. flow? Like they're inhaling. Well, when we breathe, we breathe in and back out through the same tubes, right. basically. So they breathe in through through the trachea, okay, and the bronchi, but then it goes into these air sacs and basically flows one way through where the gas exchange occurs. Um, and the air comes back out. So, so that's yeah, there's how, part of it's two ways, but through the lung itself, instead of in and out where they have to kind of stop and take a breath, they can sustain. Whoa. Plus, they have the, the voice-producing mechanism. I'm probably getting too technical no, here. I love the, it. the syrinx, which produces the voice of birds, is right at the junction of the um, trachea and the bronchi. So the syrinx can incorporate not only the bottom of the trachea, but both arms of the bronchi, and they can produce different sounds out of each of the Whoa. bronchi. So they can produce harmonics and, and competing or, or noises that, you know, kind of pile on each other. As, oh, as like simultaneous? Yeah, no. so. Oh, wow. Is that also their that breathing ability, why they can fly across the earth without resting? Well, efficient they, respiration... Um, is pretty important for for flight. Yeah, sure, so sure. Sustained flight and all the, you know, the metabolic and energetic needs of of flight. But wow, yeah. fascinating, unbelievable. It is. It is fascinating. Uh, okay, I think that's four for four. Let's keep going. I I have more. Okay, oh, man. Is that bird in Montana? <laughs> Pretend we're in Montana. No, this is another European thing. I don't oh, know. Is you're, it? You're, you're <laughs> European thing? You oh, I don't know what stab? it is. It's <laughs> another, I don't know, some warblery thing from Europe. I'm not sure. <laughs> what do we got, Sean? A garden warbler. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, so he did get it. <laughs> you said warbler. So humble. Yes. This is great. It actually, well, all right, I'll take your word for it. It doesn't actually sound like a garden warbler to me, but if, oh. the, in, if the internet said so, then... Oh, well, no, yeah, that'd be right. wrong. I take it's your word. It's not an eagle. I know the that. fact that it says warbler and you just said warbler, I think most people are yeah. like, you win. We are, well, <laughs> no, the warblers in, in the old world are, are not at all related to the warblers we have here, so if... In Montana, you would have seen several kinds of, war, or you could have seen several kinds of warblers, which have very different songs and are not related to the old world warblers. Oh, wow. Uh, These are New Testament warblers. Yeah. New Testament warblers. <laughs> I've never heard of a warbler, warbler before today. is my new favorite word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to try and put that into as many sentences as I possibly can. <laughs> man, you're, you're talking my ear off, man. You're a warbler. Did I say that? Does that make sense? I don't think so. Uh, all right, let's do the next one so far. Perfect score. Wow, man, you you need a different folder with the songs from some different part of the world. I don't know. It sounds like maybe one of the reed warblers or some other warbler from Europe. But no. what do we got, John? It's a marsh warbler. Marsh warbler. Okay, a marsh warbler. Reed warbler. I'm still giving it to you because the damn warbler. And there's a lot of reeds out in a marsh. <laughs> yeah, well, they're so. close. They're closely related, and I just okay. don't know those wow. birds because they're half a world away. So cool, unbelievable. All right, keep it moving, John. Well, that's braying call. I know they're penguins, but if I had to tell you what kind of penguin, I don't, I don't know. They might be like the black-footed penguin, which is sometimes called the jackass penguin from oh. South Africa. But it could be. There are several other penguins that make sounds something like that. So I, Shawnee poop? Oh, we, can't I help. Got 
Okay, well, yeah. I, that, I agree with that. It's just a penguin. It just okay. says Burgess Meredith. Okay, great. So it's still perfect score. Right. Uh, can, we, can we wrap this up soon? I think we have, <laughs> I think we have one more. But you are doing so. I honestly, yeah, I'm going to be straight with you. I assumed this was going to be like Stump Village. Like you weren't going to get any of these. I thought it was too hard because I listened to them. And of course, I don't know anything right, about right. birds. But I was listening to them like, this is stupid. This is, yeah. They're all just bird no. sounds. Yeah. If, if it's not fun for you, it's, if it's a consolation, it's fun for us. <laughs> yeah, it's well, a lot of fun. You know, one thing this illustrates is bird watchers learn bird sounds because that's how you identify what's out there. If you're right. walking through a forest, you're not going to see 90% of the birds, but right. you hear them. So if you want to know what's there, you, you learn know. the calls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which again, you know, every time we come back to the, the film, the birds, it's, I don't know where they came up with, well, we know where they came up with some of these noises. <laughs> yeah. synth there. German yeah, synth. Yeah. <laughs> I think the gull calls were, were just about the only ones that were actually realistically oh, recorded. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you seem to have a, a, a pretty good ability to recreate the call. Is that something like as a bird watcher, you try to do the call to get them to come near you? You can do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I can imitate some kinds of birds, but I no, have had no you, way I can imitate others. I should have had you imitate all of these birds instead of playing them. That would have been great. <laughs> um, okay. I think we have one more. Is that correct? Oh, really? Well, give me the last one. That's the foghorn at the mouth of Bodega Bay. (laughs) Uh, It's actually pretty close. Chris, you have a guess on that one? I mean, uh, trumpet? It's a it's a vuvuzuela from the uh, World Cup uh, a few years ago. (laughs) Okay, so I just threw that one in there for fun. Definitely non-avian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, non-avian yeah. bird right there. Um, okay, that was fantastic. Uh, Just like my flu. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, my timing is off. Sorry. <laughs> I think you're doing great. Uh, I really appreciate you, you know, playing along with that game. I thought that was uh, <laughs> What do I win? Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get to continue this conversation with <laughs> Chris Fairbanks. Wow, what a prize. <laughs> I don't even want to be here with me. Do I, do I get no, Chris's voice on my wrong. answering machine? <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll do that after the show. Perfect. All right. Of course. Um, okay, so during the filming, I, I was wondering what happened exactly. Like, if it was because, so I read that they started making artificial birds, like mechanical birds, to use in the movie, and they spent like two hundred thousand dollars, which you know, back in '63 is probably God knows how much yeah. money, millions of dollars. And then they didn't end up using them, or they only used like a couple because they looked like garbage. They looked phony. Yeah. yeah, they looked really silly. Apparently, they just like built all these mechanical birds and yeah. didn't use them. They did use a few. There's a yeah. couple scenes where people are being pecked, and you can just see it's obvious right. uh, mechanical. Uh, yeah, animatronic bird, bird yeah. or whatever. Yeah, allows. One, which right. I thought was really funny, and then, um, and then, so, so, but they did use actual birds, and to the point of tormenting uh, Tippy, what's her name? Hedron, Hedron, Hed- right. Hed- Hedron, Hedron. <laughs> okay, so there's a scene where she walks into the attic, right, and there's a ton of birds. And they all attack her. And that scene took like five days to film. And she like completely lost it after mm. those five days. Because I guess it was all building up. And then by the last day, like some actual birds started like pecking at her and she couldn't handle it. So they told her that they were going to use fake birds. And then on the day of the first, like the first day of shooting, someone went up to her and just, she said, mumbled to her, uh, we're going to use real birds. And she was like, what? What do you mean? She's like, yeah, they have all these birds up there that... Uh, you know, they're just going to be throwing, like, ravens and crows at you, so you got to just deal yeah. with it, I guess. <laughs> she was like, oh, shit. And that's basically what happened. They just were taking risks. They just started throwing birds at her that were supposed to be, you know, trained to, like, come at her and come back. But, you know, I mean, I don't know if you have experience training birds, but supposedly it was very difficult. 
to sure. orchestrate. Yeah, yeah. No, the most of those things can't be trained. They <laughs> they tried. They had to train them, like when the scene where they're sitting on the, the jungle gym out in the schoolyard and all mm-hmm. that. They, I guess, somehow managed to, to train enough. Yeah, of them in that scene, you can there. see them all looking up and their beaks, like they were somehow feeding them from above or something oh, or yeah. dropping food. I, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What, what else? Yeah. How else yeah. are you going to do Yeah. And then a lot of the attack scenes were sort of a combination of footage filmed elsewhere of birds coming in probably because somebody's throwing out you know food at them or something yeah, so they're yeah. all and sure they'll attack you if you if you go lie on the beach and cover yourself with <laughs> fish guts and <laughs> shrimp sure, or something sure. you can have gulls landing all over you so they, <laughs> they took advantage that, of that yeah, yeah the birds just want food <laughs> yeah so yeah. they superimpose that um with with the actors and then they used live birds for some of the close shots and then right. in a few cases actually dead birds that would just sort of be thrown yes. at them and then mechanical birds so it was a whole combination i often wonder if 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 we did that movie now what would it look like oh um, man it probably looked totally different probably yeah. cgi all over the yeah. place yeah it's hard to get but we're so used to everything looking real now it's mm-hmm. you know when those kids are running and Oh my god, I'm getting attacked by a blurry bird that uh, even though my face is clear and crisp. Right, right, this exactly. Bird is, like, uh, mm, yeah, but the permits for getting real birds would be far far stricter now even though right. a lot of the same laws applied then but they they were just more lenient. I I read somewhere that they actually did uh, exceed their limit of birds they could go out and trap or something and had to pay the fine to the US Fish and Wildlife Service. Oh wow. I mean that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, they uh, for that scene with the kids, the kids are, like, running outside, and he wanted mm-hmm. them to be, like, a little more freaked out than they were because there was no actual birds attacking them. There was no noise. So he had a, a guy come out. He hired a, a snare drum player to come out, and then they put a microphone up to the snare drum and hooked that up to a speaker. And he said, like, okay, when I say action and everybody starts running, just start playing whatever you want really loud on the snare drum. <laughs> and so that's why they were <laughs> – supposedly that's why, like, the scene works so well because they were, like, freaked out at the sound of this random drum going oh, off. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Which was a good idea. I mean, it he, makes sense. To, but everyone left this movie scarred. He was like, yeah, it yeah. reminds me of The Shining or whatever. Like, uh, right. Shelley I, I, I don't know what – because, I mean – and maybe I'm wrong. Obviously, I've never directed a huge hit horror film, but it doesn't seem necessary to torment your actors to get them to give a good performance. I mean, I thought the performances were great. Don't get me wrong. But it's just it seems like there was a lot of horror stories from the filming of this. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. It didn't. I think I heard some stories about uh, that new hereditary movie, which is very scary. Oh, yeah. I love and, that movie. Actually, Tony Collette was freaked out. Yeah. I mean, Gotta I don't get know. Maybe it does help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, okay, so I wanted to talk about something a little, uh, let's say, dark, um, with uh, as compared to such wonderful eagle uh, impersonations. Um, <laughs> we have changed certain birds, like chickens, for example. Right? Mm-hmm. Chickens used to look different, and now since humans have arrived, we've modified them in order to have chicken McNuggets. Right. Yeah. So, can you talk a bit about that and and uh, let us know how shitty it is? Because <laughs> I assume it's terrible. Well, I mean, we've modified more than just birds. I mean, cows, you name it. Humans sure. have domesticated mm-hmm. all sorts of things for for centuries, and, yeah. and even in some cases, millennia. And birds are no exception. And it's generally done. For one of two reasons. One is just for aesthetics. So birds that are popular in 
captivity can be genetically modified um, through interbreeding, through selective breeding, and so on to look differently. So, you know, if you see a cage full of budgies, the common little pet shop parakeet, you're going to see all sorts of different colors, Mm -hmm. which depart from the natural appearance that that the wild birds in Australia would have. And um, so we do it because we can, and certain colors or breeds might be more popular. Canary is another good example. We breed them for their songs, in some cases for their colors and so on. We breed pigeons to, to race or to tumble or whatever so and then of course the other reason is is for food i mean obviously poultry is domesticated and bred for maximum productivity whether it's eggs or or getting real big and juicy real real young and that sort of thing so i mean it's it just is it good or bad i don't know if you like to eat chicken or eggs or whatever it's 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 great do you eat chicken or eggs of course well i I, yes i do (laughs) with with relish right (laughs) okay so more acceptable um okay great um i mean i had i had a couple other notes about birds attacking if you knew of any other like you know horror stories that you know have happened that maybe we're not aware of yeah well again when there are instances of people at least perceiving that they're being attacked by birds it's it's Usually, as, as we talked about before, something involved with the nesting cycle and the birds protecting their nests, protecting their young. Okay. So um, there's no, like, you know, ancient historical uh, mm, event that mm. wiped out half of Rome. No. I mean, there are certain cases, and I don't know how well documented many of these are, where because of some environmental conditions or disease, birds end up behaving as they wouldn't normally, and there may be large numbers that encounter people who wouldn't normally be in a city or whatever, like the Shearwaters in Santa Cruz or whatever, that, again, people might perceive as an attack. There was an event this spring. They had an outdoor graduation ceremony at Pepperdine up in Malibu out on the big lawn there, and they had hundreds of thousands of people there for the ceremony, and these young brown pelicans, which had probably just fledged a couple weeks before from the Channel Islands, had probably never seen a human being, had no idea what was going on, were suddenly flying around the audience and, like, landing on the chairs and on people, and people really thought they were being attacked by these killer pelicans, and... and one of two things was happening. They're just young, stupid birds that were confused and didn't know what was going on and were trying to – thinking maybe they were landing in a flock of pelicans or something. Yeah. Or going back to the disease thing, um, there, although this wasn't um, shown to be the case in, in this particular instance, mm-hmm. they could get like domoic acid poisoning and start behaving oddly and that sort of thing. But, gotcha. um, and the Pepperdine students probably just thought it was a sign from God or something. Isn't that <laughs> right. a Bible thumper school? Oh, probably. Is it? No, yeah, I yeah, it's, that. I think it's religious. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or a big prank, right? Senior prank. Yeah, yeah. God loves pranking. <laughs> Dude, so there's one thing I know about the Lord. He loves to prank, man. Um, okay, what about, like, birds are dinosaurs. This is true. That's the prevailing thought, is birds are descended from a particular, you know, group of theropod, you know, bi- bipedal dinosaurs. Okay, so... Uh, there, there's some minority dissensions from that view that they might have evolved from some other archosaur group. But uh, but yeah, the prevailing thought is that birds essentially are Your one, prevailing thought? I, I, it's not my field. I just uh, deal with modern birds. <laughs> modern right, birds. right. Okay. Um, well, but yeah, yeah I mean, birds are... It, it's probably fairly safe to say that, that birds appear to be... Because they say in the film... Modern representatives of, of the same group that included uh, theropod dinosaurs. Yeah, they say that they've been around for 140 million years, according to that uh, 
uh, lady in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, she so. was she was pretty much right. Yeah, um, <laughs> the old it, it, it's sort of where do you draw the line between bird ancestors and birds? What traits do they have? Mm. It's not like all of a sudden some T Rex type thing turned into a canary overnight. <laughs> right. Uh, so these are slow processes that lead to a lot of evolutionary dead ends, and it's hard. To, yeah. But yeah, the the general age of of birds that we agree are birds is about 145 million years. Okay. Do you think there's a reason that they have survived this long and other species have not? Well, yeah, it's it's all about adaptation to to environmental change including, you know, massive climate changes that have happened periodically through our history. Um that, that cause certain groups to die out and others to thrive. So it, it has a lot to do with the evolution of, of um, environments, of, of flowering plants, of insects, of, of all sorts of things. And the, okay. whole, the whole biota changes over time. You know, the difference now, of course, is climate change, human caused, is happening so quickly that you don't get the evolutionary responses. Um, basically, mm. things are pretty much are dying out. I don't believe in that. You don't. Okay, well. <laughs> I don't believe in dinosaurs. I think they, their remains were planted to test our faith yeah, in the Lord. Yeah, That's well, right. Yes. <laughs> the Lord who loves to prank. <laughs> Ever since he invented You're the not alone, 2,000 years ago. Uh, yeah. No, so obviously, no, the human uh, man-made climate change is very real and of huge mm. threat. And, I mean, do you, you think that's going to affect now the, the bird population in, in some areas? Yeah, in fact, we're already seeing lots of indications of of this, and um, it, these things are hard to measure. But we've seen range contractions. We see range expansions too. What seems to be happening over time in, in the Anthropocene, you know, the human dominated uh, geological era, is is that bird populations and distributions are changing. That there are lots of losers, which are the specialized species, which which fit into very complex natural habitats that are disappearing through our various human causes. And then there are generalists and adaptable species that can live in urban areas, that can adapt to agriculture, to all sorts of things that we do and modify. Yeah. And these are the species that we're living with increasingly so commonly. So the ones that, that die off are, are really scientifically called losers? <laughs> no, it's just a, a ha- <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a quick shortcut of referring to their yeah, their yeah. fates, unfortunately. He's, so. he's spelling it out for people like us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Losers. That's right. what I always I say figured when I speak at a funeral. It, right? <laughs> what a loser, man. <laughs> and this we're going to make him. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we can see, you know, things like the bird watchers have long tracked things like the arrival date of spring migrants and stuff like that. And there's actually some good long-term data sets from places like England that show that birds are arriving earlier as springs are getting warmer and, and right. basically. Basically, summers are getting longer and earlier. And you think, well, that'd be great for the birds. They got this long summer. But what it actually does is it throws the birds their annual clocks because they a lot of birds do things on a kind of an annual basis that's governed by day length, which we're not. That's one thing we haven't figured out how to change right. yet. Um, but they get out of sync with their resources, basically. So maybe they're, gotcha. they can't arrive early because they're hardwired to the day length and the calendar day. Mm. But the resources are there earlier and disappearing earlier. Um, there's all sorts of mismatches that seem to be going on as the climate changes rapidly. What a mess. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to end on a real downer. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's happening. Yeah, Let's it's, end realistically. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
is there something we can do? Do you have advice <laughs> for people out there? Yeah, well, see, Hitchcock warned us about all this. And see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So now you've become. Um, well, I think. It's the birds. <laughs> I think being aware that this is real and that's really having an impact and, and that this is all due to human overpopulation of the planet and overuse yeah. of resources and then all the byproducts that we leave. And, and no, we know, we know what to do. It's just we clearly sure. don't have the political will to do that right now. Right. So I guess uh, vote appropriately. <laughs> Educate yourself. Educate yourself. Right. Which right. they can do at the Natural History Museum. Is that correct? You guys have like volunteer programs and stuff yeah, like that? Well, we've got all sorts of public programs, exhibits. Uh, we use volunteers and docents. And, Great. Uh, we try to get the message of our research out to people. Where uh, is it in Los Angeles? We're in Exposition Park. So the Natural History Museum is just next to the Coliseum, just south of USC. Oh, sure. Okay. Great. So, yeah, if you guys are in Southern California, living or visiting, Mm -hmm. uh, go check out the Natural History Museum. And then the Rancho La Brea Tar Pits is sort of the adjunct of our museum over in Hancock Park area, too. So that's part of our institution. Which is great, by the way. Oh, yeah. Been in the Tar Pits? I haven't yet. It's embarrassing that I haven't yet. Let's take a trip. We'll do a bonus ep. Okay. Go check out the Tar Pits. Maybe you (laughs) can show us a few things there. Well, and again, those are famous, you know, fossils or entrapped uh, animals entrapped in, in the asphalt there that go back, yeah. you know, from a few hundreds of, or thousands, hundreds or thousands of years back to, you know, maybe 40,000 years ago. So we've got a record of what lived here long ago. And we can see how, again, changing climates, changing habitats have influenced the biodiversity of a region like L.A. Yeah. Um, well, before we go, is there anything else you want to tell people about? Anything else they can, I don't know, look up, read, uh, what what bird they should own, you know? <laughs> just just go out and enjoy birds. We have, uh, I like to tell people this, there are more species of wild birds in Los Angeles County than any other county in the entire United States. Wow. So we've got the diversity here. Whoa. Just go out to a natural habitat, a park, a city park, your backyard, anywhere. There's biodiversity everywhere. And, of course, not just birds, but, but everything. Wow. So go out, learn about it, why, enjoy Why it. is that? Why here do we have such diversity? Um. Partly because of habitat diversity. L.A. County has got a 10,000-foot mountain range. It's got a desert. It's got forests, woodlands, coastal areas, seacoast. That's why Hollywood's here, too. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we can emulate any part of the world. That that was originally mine. That's cool. That's a smart move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It worked. It's, uh, it is kind of. I have nothing to say. Everyone's looking at me. Oh, Lord. Uh, now I feel like a loser. I, I, <laughs> no, you're very much a winner. I think we're all winners here today. I think like everyone listening, if you're, if you're still with us, then you've won as well. Uh, no, is there something you'd like to plug? You have dates coming up? Um, yeah, I'm at uh, doing Bumbershoot uh, Festival in Seattle. Yep. Doing the High Plains Festival. This is all in August. Great. High Plains Festival in Denver. Doing the Burbank Festival, which is located Ooh. in uh, Burbank. Burbank, right. Uh, I didn't know about that. The, and the festival in Boise in September, Boise, Idaho. Very cool. Where can people find uh, more information on ChrisFairbanks.com. Ah, ChrisFairbanks.com, everybody. Spelled the way you think. Yes. Great. Um, well, thank you both for being here. I hope you have a good time. I Wonderful. did have yeah, a Thank good you. Time. It was fun. Okay, awesome. We'll see you next time. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producer is Megan Bates, and our executive producer is Brett Kushner. 
If you're in San Francisco, we're coming to you for a live show on August 23rd, so get tickets to that. You can catch us on Instagram at Bad Science Show or send us an email at badscience at seeker.com. That's badscience at seeker.com. And a quick thank you to everyone who's been sending us emails. It gives me great ideas for future episodes, and I appreciate that you're listening to the show and enjoying it. Uh, until next week, I'll see you later. Bye.